The Bob Murphy Show, episode 185. you gonna do get ready for another episode of the bob murphy show the podcast promoting free markets free minds and grateful souls it's your source for commentary and interviews conducted by a christian and economist now here's your host bob murphy hey everybody welcome to another episode of the bob murphy show Today, I'm going to be talking again with Dr. Keith Smith, who we've had on the show before. And the specific impetus was he's going to be doing an event for the Mises Institute later this year. And so I wanted to get him on to talk about that. But more generally, we just talk about his experiences and uh, what, what his mission is in trying to bring free market principles back to the provision of healthcare. So let me just read a little bit from his official bio and then we'll jump right into the discussion. Dr. G. Keith Smith is a board-certified anesthesiologist in private practice since 1990. In 1997, he co-founded the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, an outpatient surgery center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, owned by over 40 of the top physicians and surgeons in central Oklahoma. Dr. Smith serves as the medical director, CEO, and managing partner while maintaining an active anesthesia practice. In 2009, Dr. Smith launched a website displaying all-inclusive pricing for various surgical procedures, a move that has gained him in the facility national and even international attention. Many Canadians and uninsured Americans have been treated to his facility, taking advantage of the low and transparent pricing available. His most recent effort is the launch of the Free Market Medical Association, which provides a platform where those seeking to obtain high-quality and affordable health care can find free market-minded providers, both physicians and facilities. Dr. Smith has made appearances on the John Stossel Show, CNBC, Huffington Post, O'Reilly Factor, Capital Account, Ron Paul Channel, NBC Nightly News, CBS News, and has been featured by Reason Magazine's TV division. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Keith Smith. Well, Keith, welcome back to The Bob Murphy Show. Thanks for having me. So... I do want to get into the newer stuff in terms of, you know, the pandemic and whatnot. But before we do, just for the benefit of those who haven't encountered you before or heard the previous interview I had with you, or I know you've been on Tom Woods' show and others, can you explain, first of all, what is the Surgery Center of Oklahoma? The Surgery Center of Oklahoma is an outpatient surgery center that was founded in 1997. Dr. Steve Lonte and I been in private practice for about seven years and just decided we had to do something different. So we we basically bought the operation of a failing surgery center on a, on a hunting trip, actually, and uh, started operating the, the business in May of 1997. It had become clear to us not long after we'd started our hospital practices that the hospitals were not really that dialed in to getting the surgeons what they needed, getting patients what they needed. And they also were preying on them financially. And you mean prey with an E, not an A. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like as a predator. Right, right. So we, we decided in order to really practice medicine and be involved in a mutually beneficial exchange, we had to control 
not just ourselves, but we had to control those elements outside of ourselves, which we had no control over, which meant the, the facility. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we started in 1997 and decided you know, we'd never take a dime of money from the government and we would quote patients what they owed us before they showed up. And even tell patients, uh, you know, a complete cash out the door price for various procedures. That made us the enemies, as you can imagine, of the the local hospitals. Insurance companies hated us. We didn't really understand that until later. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, we started quoting prices over the phone. Sustained multiple attacks uh, from legislators. Even the health department was weaponized against us um, at one point. Can I stop you at this point, Keith? Yeah. Um, just this, yeah. because I certainly people over 35 probably know exactly what you mean, but in case I have some young libertarian listeners who, you know, haven't really directly, you know, been to the hospital or anything, that might strike them as amazing. And that's my analogy is like, imagine if you had to go buy a car and after you bought the vehicle, the dealership told you how much it was. Can you imagine how screwed up the car market would be? And that's kind of like what healthcare is in the United States where literally ahead of time, you can't, or it's like pulling teeth to get them to tell you, you know, and they'll even cover themselves too. Like, like if, you know, my, my wife, when she was pregnant and, you know, we were calling her and I was just calling around like, well, how much is this going to cost? And they, <laughs> they didn't want to tell you. They really just didn't want to tell you. Right. Or if they did, they would give all sorts of caveats. Like, well, assuming it's then this, but don't quote us on that. Like we reserve the right to charge you more. So can you just, can you speak a little bit to that? I mean, I know that's a huge question and you know you have lots of things you've thought about over the years but just to distill it down how how can that be like why why isn't it like a business well hospitals negotiate various contracts uh, and all the contracts are different and so they follow one of the two models uh, economic models that's prevalent in the industry where they attempt to maximize revenue so in order for them to maximize the amount of money they can get for any service rendered, they really wait until all of the cards are in and then they apply, you know, the charge master crazy retail rate after a procedure's over. And then there are various discounts that are weirdly applied. But the reason they won't tell someone up front is that you know, they want to make sure they can get every single penny in case there's an extra Tylenol, you know, that's given somewhere along the path. Mm-hmm. And we came to that realization, really, there, you know, about five years ago, there, there really are two models uh, in the industry. One is how do I maximize revenue? And unfortunately, that's the prevailing model. Uh, the growing model, fortunately, is how do I maximize delivery of perceived value? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what markets do. And I think that's what, that's the model we follow. So it's interesting, I mean, because... A free market economist, if you grabbed us, you know, before you guys did the surgery center of Oklahoma and said, why is healthcare screwed up like this? I'm sure we'd say, well, there must be some kind of government barriers because otherwise, yeah, in other, in other industries, like, you know, why don't all the, the fast food restaurants just maximize revenue and tell people, no, go ahead and buy a Big Mac and then we'll tell you how much it is. And they couldn't get away with that though, because if McDonald's did try that, then people would go to Burger King or whatever. And so right. it's interesting, you're showing actually it wasn't literally impossible to do, you know, the consumer-friendly model. But is there some reason that it took you two guys in the late 90s to start this when that seems like that should have happened long ago? Well, it did happen in the plastic surgery world Mm. uh, and in the LASIK world uh, because those were 
basically cash businesses. And and that was that was the nature of things prior to insurance going into this different kind of discount applying business. When when insurance companies were really in the insurance business and they were following more of an indemnity sort of model, then prices were discoverable. So it wasn't that long ago, I'd say late 1950s, early 60s, uh, even in the mid 60s, where you knew how much you were going to pay ahead of time. And a lot of this is downstream of effects that Medicare had when it was formed and also the HMO Act, I think it was 1971, Nixon. That's when insurance companies got in this weird discounting business uh, where you it's basically prepayment of care for an unknown price. And I tell people the only thing worse than high price medical care are prices that are not discoverable mm-hmm. because you know high prices run people off and you know force them to consider alternatives. But if the prices are unknown at all, then in the first place the care is probably unavailable. So our our model is really just like you know the plastic surgeons or the LASIK surgeons, uh, people who pay cash. There's not an kind of distorting third-party intermediary that's attempting to skim off the transaction. And so we were the enemies of the insurance companies. They hated us, and the the hospitals wanted the insurance companies to hate us. Mm -hmm. So as much as we wanted to be transparent with patients, the insurance companies actually made it easy for us because they wouldn't work with us. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just got started on the right foot. And can you, for the benefit of listeners who don't, who haven't encountered this before, um, I don't know if you know any of these stats off the top of your head, but can you give an idea of just how much cheaper a standard procedure is going through you guys? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, sure, Keith, for rich people, the Rush Limbaugh, he needs to get his tonsils out. He can just write a, <laughs> write a check, but the rest of us need insurance. And so are you creating this niche product that only the wealthy can afford? And that's not really the case. Because can you give just, I don't know, like I said, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I don't know if you know, have any examples, but- it's it's astounding how much you were able to cut prices. Yeah, as a general rule, our prices are one-sixth to one-tenth of what insurance companies pay hospitals for the identical procedure. And I say identical, I'll put that in quotes because I would argue the procedure is better done and the quality is actually higher. Mm-hmm. So one-sixth to one-tenth is what we've discovered. It's a dynamic number, though, and we're starting particularly here in Oklahoma City, to see that fraction more favorable to patients. So, I mean, that's that's really astonishing. So this isn't, you know, oh, they're adding 10 or 15% on top there in terms of waste or whatever. Like this, this is amazing. Like, so in other words, going the other way, something, whatever you charge for something, the hospital is getting paid by the insurance company possibly 10 times that. That's right, six six to 10 times. Mm. And it depends on where in the country you look. In areas of the country like Alaska and Wisconsin, where there is very little competition and one insurance company, you know, completely dominates the market. Massachusetts, uh, where you are, is another example where mm. Blue Cross almost completely dominates the market. That's where you see the highest prices. And that's no surprise. There's no competition. Mm-hmm. It's very cartelized. Mm-hmm. And so patients travel to our center uh, from those states where those prices are either outrageously high, maybe more than 10 times uh, what mm-hmm. we have listed online, 
in order to just be able to escape and buy the care. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind too, I mean, the, a lot of the patients that we take care of are the very individuals who are run off by the hospitals because they cannot afford what the hospitals are going to charge them. Right. Uh, we've had patients show up with the proceeds of a church bake sale and the bake sale was successful because they knew that a tonsillectomy here was $3,000. And when we when we found out that's how they got here and that's where the money came from, we basically performed the procedure gratis. We were, you know, mm-hmm. we do our part too. So mm-hmm. it's just nice for physicians to have control of the institutional part of the charge, uh, because mm-hmm. if we can do anything and everything with that, that we that we would like. So um, I'm curious: was it in the beginning you just didn't take government money, like meeting Medicare and Medicaid, but but then you even didn't you phased up regular insurance, or from the beginning was it just cash? From the very beginning, we ne- we decided from the get go we would never take government money. Mm-hmm. But we did take insurance money. We filed insurance claims as an out-of-network provider. Right. Patients would pay us whatever they, you know, their portion was. But what we found was our entire fee was less than their deductible if they used their benefit at a hospital. Mm-hmm. And so that that really formed the basis and was our formation. That helped us though sharpen our pencils because we knew what the cost of the procedures were. Mm -hmm. Uh, We knew how to quote bundled fees uh, over the phone. And so we did take insurance money in the very beginning. That didn't last very long. And when I posted the website, those days were over. And we we don't have a single insurance contract now. Let's take a quick break from the discussion for some housekeeping here. For those of you who were in the supporting listeners group and you got locked out of Facebook, we've since moved to MeWe. So if you can't get back into Facebook to see the instructions for how to get over to MeWe, just contact me directly and I'll help you out. For those of you who would like to join the supporting listeners group, go to bobmurphyshow.com slash contribute and you can see the, the relatively paltry amount that you would need to hand me in those dirty fiat dollars in order to get into the fun group at MeWe. And always remember, if you can't make a financial contribution, it still helps a lot. If you share these episodes with people you think might be interested, give them a little taste. Just, hey, hey, what about this? What about this perspective? That's always a great help as well. Thanks for listening, everybody, and let's get back to the show. Can I ask? And this might be something that you don't, you can't answer, but I'm just curious in case you have any thoughts on it. When you hear statistics like that, like, oh wow, you know, these guys, the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, are doing procedures, and you guys are obviously making a living in the host, typical hospital charges and the insurance reimburses them for, you know, six to 10 times as much. Is it that there's a group of people who are getting filthy rich from that? Or is it instead that that just spawns an entire army of people working for insurance companies and filing claims and handling paperwork that should be doing something else productive in society? You get what I'm saying? Is it so much that all that overpayment is going in the hands of a few rich people who are like, ha ha ha, we were or is it just more it's causing way too many people to go into healthcare broadly construed or health insurance? There are a lot of people making a lot of money in the healthcare business. Unfortunately, many times it's not the people who are doing the work. Mm-hmm. No one listens to any physicians who poor mouth because they somehow figure out how to make a living. But it's very distorting to the marketplace for 
fees, for instance, that Medicare sets to be below the market rate. Uh, so mm-hmm. physicians increase their fees, you know, in other areas and try to do things. If you look at a graph of physician reimbursement over the years, it's pretty flat. In some areas, it has declined. Actual physician reimbursement. The hospitals are making a lot of money. The hosp- particularly not-for-profit hospitals have made a fortune. They you know, complain that their emergency room is bankrupting them all the time, yet there's a crane out in front building on. They're constantly buying their competitors. Mm-hmm. They'll buy facilities like mine and close them. They run expensive advertising campaigns. You'll see you'll see healthcare ads on the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So they you know they buy physician practices. So hospitals have a lot of money that they use to expand their empire. And you know, a place like mine, you know, you look on the website and you see a price. That's what we think it costs for us to take care of patients. Uh, and there's no empire building fluff added mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so then what is the Free Market Medical Association? Yeah. So when I posted the prices online, I was approached by uh, Jay Kempton, who runs what's called a third-party administrator. That basically means that you know a company that has, let's say, 50 or 100 employees, they decide they don't want to pay an insurance company and have the insurance company take some risk or pay claims. Instead, that company, whether it's you know, business like mine or you know anybody else that's got 50 or 100 employees or more typically, they actually pay for the health care, they pay the health care bills for their employees out of operating revenue. Mm-hmm. What they do, though, since they're no good at that, and that's not their business, is they hand their checkbook to a third-party administrator, somebody like Jay Kempton. So Jay Kempton, you know, before he pays for someone's care, he makes sure, you know, is this person actually an employee of this company? You know, right. and that those kind of things. That way, the companies assume the risk and, and save a lot of money. Well, if you think through that, you realize those companies that are self-insured that have a third-party administrator, they have the same sticker shock that an individual who does not have insurance. Mm-hmm. So when I posted the website, I was approached uh, by these third-party administrators. Jay Kempton was the first, and they wanted to know, can I buy a knee replacement at Surgery Center of Oklahoma for $15,499 because I'm paying $125,000 for it across town? And of course, I said yes. And we started doing business together, and there were local surgery centers and hospitals that began losing patients to me. Mm-hmm. And Jay Kempton had third-party administrators who, who were friends of his who were losing clients to him. And we decided, you know, we, we were more missional than profit-driven. So we thought, well, and it was really Jay's idea. Jay said, why don't we form an association and then we can make this a movement and teach everyone how we do this. And so that's exactly what we did. That's how the Free Market Medical Association formed. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't talk to someone and talk them through some issue they're having trying to copy our model. Mm-hmm. And Jay would tell you the same thing. And it's grown. It's a large organization now. You've spoken there and mm-hmm. Jeff Dice, Ron Paul have spoken at the, the association meeting. So it's a nationwide uh, organization and a, and a growing movement. 
So do you, th- th- I mean, that's the next question I was going to ask is you know, given what you're doing there in Oklahoma. So obviously some people can get on a plane and go fly and have you do the procedure and they're still saving a boatload of money, but have there been analogs of what you guys have done there that have been popping up? Yes, they're popping up all over the country. Uh, I would say Texas and Arizona and Florida right now are the three states where this has gained the most traction. Sometimes people say, well, why hasn't it grown any faster than it has? And mm-hmm. I just shake my head and I say, it's, it's a miracle that it's grown at all, given the headwinds uh, in the way mm-hmm. the government and the and their cronies have worked so hard to uh, keep this movement down. But it is growing. I think there are 37 state chapters of the Free Market Medical Association. One of the big components is a, is a movement called Direct Primary Care. Mm-hmm. These are primary care doctors that, that are paid $70 a month, and the patient has unlimited access to that physician. So that's one of the big parts of, of the association. And there are industry individuals that are involved, stop-loss carriers, a lot of third-party administrators. So it's, it is growing, and it's, it's popping up all over the country. There are hospitals that are increasingly becoming interested. I don't think Trump's executive order that will mandate hospitals to post prices will have much effect, except it changed the narrative. Uh, it right. made it made those of us who do post prices not look like weirdos with a tinfoil hat. It, mm-hmm. it seems like that ought to be the normal now. So there's not a week that goes by that I'm not having a conversation with a big hospital administrator that is interested in, you know, how does this work and how can I, how can I be involved? Okay, great. Can you give us an example when you say, you know, there, there's headwinds that they go up against? I mean, is it just people bad-mouthing them and so like regular employers are afraid to take the plunge because, oh no, what if we do this and then my employee gets in a bad car accident and then we, we're getting, you know, we're, we wish we had insurance then. Is it that kind of thing or is it like actual like regulatory tax or, you know what I mean? It's regulatory attacks. It's also collusion between the insurance companies and their henchmen that are boots on the ground, the brokers. There's fortunately a a large and growing movement of brokers and consultants in the United States that is honest, but there's also a very large component of uh, brokers that are reimbursed by and compensated by insurance companies in the most nefarious ways where where their interests are not only not aligned, but opposite of their supposed client. For instance, many brokers that represent employer health plans are paid a commission at the end of the year based on a percentage of claims made. Mm-hmm. So the broker absolutely wants nothing to do with Surgery Center of Oklahoma or a clone. They want the most expensive, god-awful, expensive experience that 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 employer can possibly have. The other thing is, if the employer has a really bad year with their health plan, then their premiums go up the next year. And the brokers also, you know, they get a commission based on how high the premium is. So, there are all kinds of shenanigans, kickbacks on um, prescriptions from pharmacy benefit managers. And some of the big carriers actually own their own pharmacy benefit managers. So it's just, it's very, it's a very stacked deck. 
and I remind people, you know, as much as the insurance companies and the hospitals and big pharma deserve all of the flogging they get, none of these scams are possible without Uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. All of these scams are downstream of regulations and laws that have been passed to enable this fleecing, really. Right. Dave Chase is a, a well-known speaker and He's founded a thing called the Health Rosetta, and he calls PPOs the greatest American heist. And and I, I don't think you can argue with that. It's it's just unconscionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you made that point, Keith, because it's I might not have thought to say it explicitly, just as you know, taking it for granted. But yeah, obviously, the reason this stuff persists, it's not there's something intrinsically wrong with people who work in healthcare, or they're you know they're especially no. corrupt. It's just that there's a, just like if the government said, well, every year there's only 100 people that are allowed to teach Rothbard and you, you know, you're going to pass a fee. I'm sure after a while, the people teaching Rothbard would not be my buddies. You know, <laughs> like you, right. they wouldn't be great. Right. So it's- They've auctioned off all of these favors in, in Washington. And I, and I tell people, just remember, you know, when you've been fleeced by the, the healthcare industry, the medical industrial complex, just remember Uncle Sam's driving the getaway car. Right. Um, so- that it really is all downstream of favors mm-hmm. that have been granted to these folks, not just federal, but also at the state level. Mm-hmm. And the tragedy, of course, is that the average person thrown on the web of this is going to just realize, you know, when I go get my oil changed, it's nice and it's quick. And if they do a bad job, I take it somewhere else and I know how much it's going to be. Right. But healthcare is awful. And so when politicians come along and, you know, Healthcare is not working. That's why we named the government. Take it over. And yeah, yeah, Bernie, go get them because these guys are mistreating me. And, and, and right. ironically, you know, that's just going to exacerbate the problem. Yeah, everything that's wrong with healthcare that the American people hate is all a result of government intervention. So why in the world anyone would consider getting the government more involved? Mm-hmm. And the other thing to remember, the first patients to arrive in Oklahoma City when I posted prices were Canadians. And these people, they all have coverage. They just don't have access to the care many of them require uh, because there, there's no pricing system. There's no mm-hmm. functioning market. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't have any of the statistics. I know when I did the book that I co-offered with Doug McGuff on, you know, the healthcare, economics of healthcare and so on. Yeah. yeah, some of the statistics, like the wait times for a hip replacement or something in Canada were just outrageous. And that's why a lot of them, even though it was to them, you know, free and guaranteed up there and they had a great model, not like the wild west of the U.S. crazy system would come down and, you know, get it from our allegedly inferior system because, it's, yeah, I'd, I'd rather pay a certain price. And also, too, because they were willing just to go ahead and write a check, they could, if they did, if they searched, find someone to do it reasonably cheaply as opposed to, you know, the average American getting it, that same procedure. Yeah, I've, I've wondered if the United States ever goes down that sort of Medicare for all, single-payer path. I know that care that people require will become scarce. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if a uh, free market movement will develop in Canada for Americans to access so that they can, they can leave the country and go, go get what they need. Yeah, it'd be ironic. Can I ask you, uh, so thank you for summarizing what you guys have been doing. Is there anything to add in terms of like the experience just from, you know, 2020 and everything going on with the coronavirus scare? And, you know, have you, have you noticed a change in the type of clients you're getting or anything like along those lines? Sure. 
Oklahoma has a pretty good governor, um, and he he made the mistake like uh, a lot of governors did of taking the advice from the health department and shutting down elective surgeries. But but he recognized his mistake shortly mm-hmm. afterwards and rescinded that. So Oklahoma has remained as a medical community, as a surgical provider, more open relatively to than surrounding states or in most states in the country. Mm-hmm. As a result, during this COVID mess, uh, we've seen the percentage of patients who travel to Oklahoma to have their surgery from outside of Oklahoma increase. So that there have been several days recently where there have been only one or two patients in my facility that are from mm-hmm. Oklahoma and everybody else is from a surrounding state. So it's pretty, pretty impressive. So the these lockdowns, the you know banning of elective surgeries, um, mm-hmm. in the more difficulty patients have with access, the more likely they've been they've been to travel. So but that that's something that we've seen here uh, in twenty twenty. Okay, um, I wanted to ask you too. So you with the Mises Institute, I see you have a, an event that's on the calendar for June seventeenth in Windham, New Hampshire called a Medical Freedom Summit featuring you and Jeff Dice. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm honored. It's the first time I've ever been asked to speak at a, at a Mises event. I've been to many of them. So I'm very excited and honored to, to speak. You and Jeff have both become familiar with the Free Market Medical Association. It has a very, very property rights, Austrian sort of approach. And so it seems natural that People would want to hear and be interested in sort of this Austrian-flavored, you know, approach to medical delivery. Mm-hmm. And I know Jeff is going to speak. Um, he's talked, I know, to an actuary that's familiar with what we've done here. Who may speak? And then I'll uh, I'll be talking. And and I think what I'll what I'll talk about are all of the all of the fallacies that the medical profession, um, physicians in particular subscribe to, all of which are curable by just even a, a superficial knowledge of value and pricing and, and what those things mean and what and property rights and what that's what that's meant to us here. So it'll be an exciting event in New Hampshire. I hope that people are able to gather in unlimited numbers and in, you know, mm-hmm. they I hope New Hampshire has a good governor. Uh, and they'll be, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be open to a large crowd. And we're we're promoting that event on all of our social media. And I know Jeff Deist is too uh, mm-hmm. with, with the Mises crowd. And also folks listening here. So if you go to bobmurphyshow.com slash 185, I'll have links and stuff too for those who want to see more details. So so Keith, just the last few thing I want to ask you about here is um, you, you just alluded to the fact that a lot of doctors espouse fallacies when it comes to this stuff. So I wanted to add, is there, does the average doctor in your experience, do they buy into the idea that, oh yeah, healthcare is not something that should be treated like a commodity. You know, it's not like TVs or whatever. That's why it needs to have its own set of rules and you wouldn't want to treat it like a regular business. Like, is that pretty standard among doctors or, or can they also see, yeah, this is crazy and yeah, I think I think most doctors uh, don't get it. I think most doctors are believers in the idea that a free market does not apply to this industry. Mm-hmm. In their defense, they're all trained by people who are basically socialists. Mm-hmm. So it, it really takes an effort to break away 
and to to think for yourself and realize that you know it, it basically is um, you know time and materials and and this can be this can be priced and there are things that cannot be priced but that's why insurance exists to cover the uncertain elements. Unfortunately, insurance companies are not in that business; they're in some weird discounting business. But yeah, most most doctors do not understand value. Most doctors think that you know the harder I try, the more it's worth. Mm-hmm. They really struggle. I, I actually had a surgeon tell me that because I take longer to do this operation, I should be paid more. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just they don't understand that. You know, it's actually the efficient guy who takes less time who ought to be paid more. So there, a lot of physicians struggle with this. And, and I, I enjoy bringing them into the light sometimes when I have that opportunity. And I know Jeff has used the phrase, Jeff Dice has used the phrase recently, you know, post-persuasion America. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you most doctors are open to these ideas once they're exposed. There's some that are not. But uh, most physicians know something is wrong. Right. It's a little bit of a leap for them to embrace you know, the idea that the market applies, but, but not that big of a leap. Mm-hmm. Actually, last thing here, just because you, you mentioned it, I think I didn't ask you to clarify earlier. I'm sure many listeners know, what, know exactly what you mean, but for those who haven't been to getting a lot of procedures, when you say insurance you know, is supposed to be covering an uncertain but sort of known risk out, you know, the, oh, this thing costs something and you get it like your house burns down, you have fire insurance. But the discount model you're referring to, you mean that when you get your your bill from the hospital, it says, here was what we, you know, the the sticker price, discount because of Blue Cross, Blue Cross covers such and such, and now patient's responsibility. So you're saying that weird thing, like why is it that the insurance company talks down the price? Is, is that that you're saying that that's something that in other markets, it's not like your insurance company talks down your mechanic as to how much the car bill is going to be. Well, and the idea that they've talked the price down is actually a fiction. Those prices right. are pre-negotiated. It's just the appearance of a discount. So, you know, a hospital, I actually did a video on this called the $100 aspirin to explain mm-hmm. it to people that hospital bills $100 for an aspirin and Blue Cross pays $20 and the hospital claims they lost eighty dollars on that on that transaction. Never mind, they paid less than a penny for the aspirin. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll claim they lost eighty eighty dollars, and then they use that fictitious loss to to maintain the actual fiction of their not for profit status. They also get a kickback from uh, the government, from the federal government, to the extent that they claim these losses. That's called uncompensated care. Mm-hmm. In the insurance companies. You know, applying this 80% discount will ride in on their white horse to an employer and say, you know, we saved you $80 and per the terms of our agreement, you know, you owe us 30% of that savings. So there's this percentage mm-hmm. of savings model that relies on an initial gigantic price. Um, and, you know, the hospitals and the insurance carriers are pals. All of this is pre negotiated. So when it mm-hmm. looks like a discount has been applied, that's all done ahead of time. And there's no right. real service that's been provided. It's, in fact, one hospital administrator told Jay Kempton he viewed PPOs as an ATM machine for his hospital. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's really a, a sick cartel. And it's been fairly disrupted by the number of people who have 
posted websites with prices because that that's the best way to uncover the scams. Right. And then with that too, the other effect is the average person seeing that bill and seeing the aspirin originally was a hundred and thank goodness, but it's a good thing I have insurance. You know, right. what if I didn't have, you know, I, I, I can't quit my job right now because I lose the insurance and I'm be paying a hundred dollars for an aspirin. This is great. So it, that's it right. reinforces the idea that you absolutely need health insurance to cover you because otherwise you'd get blown away by these ludicrous prices. Yeah, the fear, they rely on that fear to, uh, to make sure that, you know, everyone continues to shell out, you know, twelve dollars or $1,500 a month for these ridiculous policies that, that really just give you an opportunity to meet your deductible. Right, right. Most of the procedures we have listed on our website are less than people's deductibles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's great stuff. Um, Keith, I'll, I'll I'll wrap this up. I, I know we, we hit the time I told you I'd, I'd have you for, and I appreciate your efforts so much. This is, it's like, you know, I, I speak at a lot of conferences and things, and usually it's like, oh, this is good stuff, and maybe somehow 30 years from now, someone's going to take this. But when I spoke at your guys' event, like I really sensed, you know, talking with the people there, this is actually helping people's lives immediately. This is this is good stuff. These people are really making a difference to uh, engage in a cliche there. So Thanks for everything you're doing, Keith, and I hope you uh, have more success in getting the word out. Well, thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. You've just experienced another episode of The Bob Murphy Show, the podcast promoting free markets, free minds, and grateful souls. For more information and to subscribe to this podcast, visit bobmurphyshow.com.